0: Hi, my name is Jared Dilley, and you're listening to the Solar Panel, a Phoenix Sun show.
1: My name is Tim Tompkins. As always, Mr. Greg Esposito. Ahoy, oh, ahoy. And we'd be remiss if we did not mention the star of the show, Mr.
2: Dave King. The star!
1: <laughs> How are you guys doing this morning? You holding up okay?
2: Yeah, I haven't yeah. visited Dave's old folks home in a while, but other than that, I'm doing okay. So yeah. <laughs> They stopped him allowing visitors, that's yeah, why. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: you know, probably smart, um, but uh, you know, they could try and liberate the old homes, too, if they wanted. Liberate!
0: Yeah, imagine recruiting <laughs> the old folks to go uh, protest.
2: <laughs> Thin- I yeah. believe that's called <laughs> thinning the, the herd. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it's uh, well, you know, you guys can take solace that uh, at least you are not in a place that has become the butt of all jokes, uh, instantly what? Jacksonville, just to the north of where I am recording. I'm in St. Augustine, i was I'm not in ask,
2: Jacksonville. Yes, what do you mean? Jesus, they opened the beaches and 26
0: minutes later, it was completely shoulder to shoulder. It looked like,
1: uh, well, no, I wouldn't go that far, it wasn't shoulder to shoulder, but it was so they opened the beaches from 7 a.m. to noon for walking only. You cannot bring a towel. You cannot congregate in groups. You cannot lay on the beach. You can walk on the beach. You can oh, surf really? on the beach, but you cannot just like go hang out on the beach, right? So they opened it up for exercise from, from 7 a.m. to noon. But of course, the minute they did this, Everybody oh. came out to to the beach. Uh, and it, then, it, you know, I was watching the tweets because it was actually, you know, our local news broadcasters <laughs> that were talking about it, watching the tweets go up. And then all of a sudden I see, like, Suns Nation down in uh down in Arizona tweeting it. And I'm like, God fucking damn it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tim, that is, like, not even close to the most embarrassing thing about Jacksonville, Florida. I mean, come on. Jacksonville I, love how,
0: I love how one of the makers of The Good Place said... This is why we had Jason come from Jacksonville.
2: <laughs> hey, I I also love uh, that they, they had Phoenix references in that show. It, it is an all time great. uh a great
0: show. Yes, but, one from Jacksonville, one from Phoenix. Exactly.
2: By the way, by the way, new addition to the studio space. I, I don't know if you guys can see this, but uh, remember the trophy guy uh, uh, commercials back in the day? Yes. Oh God, yes. That's me and the actual trophy, trophy guy costume that was Wait, it. You
0: put it up closer holy shit that is you you didn't photoshop that no
2: what uh it was in a closet in uh in the arena uh the and only
0: time your faces ever look small <laughs> <laughs> and
2: we uh you remember the harlem shake when the uh when lebron and the heat did that and it was a big thing we decided to I uh, do a Suns version, and they wanted all these like obscure things. So I said, "Look, the trophy guy. I know the trophy guy costumes in this building. Can I please wear that?" And they actually let me do it. <laughs> and, wow! That is one of my favorite pictures from my time at the Suns. So wait, were so you obscure. trophy
0: guy? I was or, not.
2: No, no, in that That was video, from before your time, wasn't it? Yeah, trophy guy. Yeah, you really think they were talking about trophies when Michael Beasley and the and the crew <laughs> were there? Were the guys running there no no yeah that was way before my time and oh they,
0: wait yours was blunt guy costume yeah That's yeah right.
2: <laughs> yeah inv- it, my investments guy a bag of watches in the back no but uh, was, yeah
1: uh, was was the michael beasley and Luis scola season the worst season ever
0: that was, was my was first season physically covering the team on site and it was a trip it was such a trip. Was it the worst?
2: No, it mm-hmm. wasn't even close. Depends to
0: the worst. on what you would call the worst. It was definitely entertaining because we had some good interviewees in the locker room, and I mean, no young we, players. Uh, the losing was no young players, but that's okay. Cause that means they had their own personality and they were enjoying um, whatever it was. Type like Louis Skolos, poor guy looked like the droopy dog. Um, well, that was the weird.
2: That was the weird year where if you got bought out, or where if you got. Uh, What was it? Uh, It was that stretch provision, whatever it was, uh, where uh, if if that happened, you basically had to go to whatever team uh, was willing to pay the remainder of your salary. So
0: yeah, uh, so Scola got picked up for pretty cheap and turned into a first round pick. So hey, why not? Yeah, but but
2: for him it sucked. So but that was yeah. Well, Scola wasn't
0: the oh that that was that that was hot. (laughs) Scola got us. wasn't it Gerald Green and oh my God, how am I forgetting this? And
2: Miles Plumley, Plum Dog Miles Millionaire. Miles Plumley,
0: thank you. Yes.
2: And it, there may have been a pick in that too. Man, I, I'm sorry, guys. My hair is so unruly and it's driving knots under the set. That what? is, it's like low it's key. The,
1: the one thing that uh, pretty underestimated nice. about quarantine was I think that uh, barbershops should be essential services at this point.
0: They don't want to get sick either. I've got a friend like... who uh, cuts hair, and she's like, "No, I don't want to be in there around people."
2: Look, I yeah. want the Floby back. You know, remember it was basically a uh, a vacuum that sucked your hair in and then cut it from the uh, from the '90s. I'd do that right now <laughs> because for the first time in well, my some life, some of
0: us are just gonna just just trim our heads. Like Tim, you kind of keep your hair short.
2: I, I mean, I, just,
0: you could just take a shears to your head. I guess I could.
1: Um, so let's talk a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> actually talk about the Suns, right? I, so, oh,
2: so I James thought trophy Jones... guy was Suns talk. I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. It, it was.
1: <laughs> uh, James Jones had a presser. I want to go through some of the items line by line. Dave wrote an article on Bright Side of the Sun. You can go to com and check it out. Um, Sun. It, dot com. James Jones talking about July or August being the absolute earliest uh, that the Suns could.
0: Yeah, he didn't literally say July or August. What he did say was five, six, seven weeks to get the guys ready for competitive NBA basketball. Um, And then that's only after the league resumes, which, you know, actually being able to congregate, which is at least sometime in May, if not June. Probably June. I think Adam Silver just this week said that they're nowhere close to coming to any kind of uh, next step. Um, The whole idea of of putting everybody in Vegas and stuff like that or in MLB in Arizona, I think those were far-fetched ideas. I think right now people are going to wait out to see how it goes. But June to reconvene at an arena somewhere. And then five to seven weeks to get ready for NBA basketball. I had a guy come back at me saying on Twitter after I shared that saying, oh, that's ridiculous. These are the world's best athletes. They should be ready to go day one. I'm like, no, they're like you and me. They're sitting on. They're literally sitting on a couch right now like the rest of us. And they're trying to do Zoom workouts like the rest of us. They're trying to stay in shape, but they don't have a professional equipment. And these are the best basketball players in the world and they're going to be going at each other 100% once the games start again, you'll have tons of injuries if you try to do it to these guys.
2: Well, and then you've got guys like Giannis and even Devin Booker who admitted they don't have hoops where where they're living right now, so they're not even getting right. shots. Most up, so. people don't lot of have bricks, basketball
0: man. hoops in their house, so there's going to be a ton of bricks. It's going to look like – remember those Suns used to play preseason games
2: outdoors? Yeah, the one uh, they did that. Or was Cal- that? It was in uh, – in California, uh, Palm Desert, I think, uh, where the tennis facility out there.
0: Yeah, the yeah. Palm Springs, excuse so, me. One, Yes. And they play outdoors, and, uh, um, you know, if the wind blew, your ball would miss the, miss the entire rim. And so those preseason games were hilarious to watch because these guys look like the worst shooters in the world. That's the way they'll look when they get back on the court. Plus... They haven't run full speed. They haven't cut on a dime. They haven't done any of their incredibly athletic things. You watch these horse competitions, those, the online, those are like at 10% speed, obviously, even when they're trying to make the shot. So there's no way these guys are going to be ready right away for real basketball. Um, and the thing is, they're so close to the end of the season, there's no ramp-up time. So if you do any regular season games, any – uh, or go straight to the playoffs, whatever. Those guys have to be ready to go right away.
1: Uh, he also said that Kaminsky and Oubre are fully healthy, although yeah. because they're coming out of the injury, they haven't had any time to ramp up as well.
0: To actually get back to basketball activity. Yes, they've both been cleared by their doctor, he said. Frank has talked about it on his little podcast. He's got pros and Joes Um is the name of Frank Kaminsky's podcast. It's real fun to listen to, although it's very intermittent. Um how many they do. But he talked about it. He said, yeah, he's totally he's ready to go. He just has nowhere to work out except his backyard. So Yeah, where uh, he yeah, he's cleared. running
2: around a pool. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We saw that. Right.
0: Um he's uh, uh but he's ready to go. He's cleared and he was talking about how Kelly is as well, and it'd be exciting if they could both get back for the rest of something, uh, and uh, you know, as opposed to not being healthy, obviously. So he's he's real excited about that. And um, Cam Johnson, who had been who had missed some time with Mono, is also fine now. So, but even Cam admitted on a recent one of those Valley chats interviews that um, he's lost a little bit of weight because he's a dude who's read thin and he's got to work out hard just keep weight on.
2: Well, and that's a side so, effect of mono too is you yeah. end up losing weight too. So, yeah, I true, th- true. What, What's weird to me is okay. So say they don't quarantine in some city, right? And the Suns just you know, are, and they and they want to finish the actual regular season. Uh, we've talked about where they're going to play, right? They'll play at, likely at the Coliseum, is what it, it, you know, was what the team has said. But they mm-hmm. have no practice facility, no training facility, no training rooms. I mean, uh, I had been in in the bowels of uh, of yeah. the Coliseum uh, a handful of years ago when the Suns did their uh, their preseason scrimmage there, and it, it is not. I know that they were working on the locker rooms because the WNBA uh the Mercury are going to play there so there'll be a little bit nicer locker rooms but this is not a, a building set up for uh for world class uh athletes and world class training so the the question is where they're basically going to be nomads when they come back and how do you ensure that these guys uh wind up getting uh the kind of uh Attention! They need. Where are you gonna actually uh, practice and, and get these guys fixed up? Or are you gonna to go to an ASU, a GCU, and use those facilities? Even those aren't gonna be the standards in which uh, you expect. I mean, the Suns released footage. They've gutted the arena already. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the demolition is. No, is well arena is totally out. Yeah, so, out of commission. And you know? and everything I've heard is their practice facility won't be ready till August. So this is right. a this is a weird. Uh, this is going to add a extra weirdness to guys trying to come back from from injury and getting those workouts started because there's not just a simple answer of hey once quarantine's lifted or, or if they if they loosen the restrictions and one guy at a time can work out well they're not going to the arena to do that and they don't have a practice facility to do it. Do that, so this gets an extra step of complication for for the Suns and in particular for guys like Oubre and Kaminsky uh, and Cam Johnson who are trying to come back uh, from being injured or sick. So there lots of questions already.
0: Yeah, be inter- Actually, thinking about that, you talked about the practice. It's like yeah. The players could just live there uh, when it's done. When it's done, the players, there's going to be so many bedrooms, so many sleeping quarters and, and kitchens and all that. The players could actually live there if they wanted to, um, especially free agents who show up and, and draft picks who don't have places to live of their own. Um, that, that's gonna, They're not going to want to leave. Well, that would have been nice to have during this uh, when, when things open up just a little bit and you can quarantine in groups. Um, kind of thing where you just make sure they don't have the, the COVID. So, um, but they won't have that this year unless things are postponed until August.
2: Well, if you, if you believe some of the Harvard studies, we could be doing some of this till 2022. So they may get a chance to use that. Facility. But then if you
0: believe other things will be, uh, open wide open again in May. So but
2: like I said, if you believe Harvard, if you, <laughs> if you believe the smartest
0: people in the world,
2: yeah. Uh so uh,
1: before we get to uh Devin Booker at uh, point guard in his comments relating to that, because I do want to pull an exact quote. Monty also said that he wants to see more time with uh, Rubio, Booker, Ubre bridges and eight in lineup. Um, and I thought that was interesting, but specifically because w- we've talked a lot on the show and I'm sure there's been a lot of internal discussions with the Suns as well about their need for a um, starting power forward. However, we have seen a pretty large sample size. Dave doesn't think it's a large enough sample size, but several hundred minutes of, of, You know, pretty much that lineup right there that shows that that uh, Bridges, uh, the Suns are pretty good with him at power forward in that lineup. Um, and I wonder if the reason why they want to see that the most is so that they know where to uh, focus during the offseason.
2: Look, why did it take a pandemic for Monty Williams to finally decide that's the lineup he wants to see more of? Like, even for for us and for, and for the casual fan, it was pretty obvious that that was the lineup that you were likely going to have the most success with and that you, we, we wanted to see more of it. Now, I know injuries gotten away with it but uh, people are acting like this this is some revelation by monty williams it wasn't that the the blind the eye test made it pretty clear that 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 was the lineup you you should want to see more of so uh, that didn't strike me as some massive surprise this week no
0: it's not a massive surprise but i thought it was interesting first he was asked the question of what do you, you know, what is it that you're thinking about most right now? And and so that is the most intriguing lineup that the Suns had this year. Uh, the most effective offense and defense combination, all that stuff, is extremely extri- intriguing. What's sad is that I think that lineup only had a few games where they could actually have played it because of Aiden's suspension and injuries and Oubre's injuries. So Monty didn't always have a chance to even play that lineup, for one thing. That's true. And for another thing... Um, Monty, it's I thought that was a real interesting and maybe I'm taking this wrong, but I thought that was an interesting look into the way Monty works. Um, there were there were analytics lineups that said who should play and when. And then there was Monty Williams lineups about who's gonna play and when. And sometimes like Monty is a real player's coach, and he's got the he's gotta have the feel that balances out analytics um, over playing Elliot Cobo. None of us understand that, but for some reason it made sense to him, you know, um, uh, um, not playing enough of Javon Carter by comparison, you know, that, that kind of thing. It made sense to him playing a lot of Dario, playing a lot, you know, playing a lot of guys who analytically didn't look great on the, uh, or esthetically didn't look great on the floor, but analytically did or vice versa. Aesthetically looked terrible, but analytically were great. Um, Monty is basically he's a coach that has to balance things uh, with his players, and you can't just perma bench Dario Saric in a contract year. You can't do that; that's cruel and unfair. Um, you can't perma bench. You know, Elia Kobo is trying to keep his his career going, and Monty is a little bit too touchy feely to just say screw it. I'm an analytics boy, I'm a, you know, I'm, a, I'm a Twitter boy, I'm just going to, or, or the nerd boy, I'm just going to bench the guys who don't analytically play well on these uh, small sample sizes, even, even as they grow. So that was interesting. When Monty is separated from the guys, he goes, hey, I want to do the stuff that really worked. Uh, but when he's with the guys, he's a lot more balanced on who plays. Um, huh. And that's just a microcosm into how a head coach has to work.
2: Well, and I think, yeah, I think that's part of, I think he has the right balance in most situations, and that's part of what some of these coaches who have failed here haven't had. They've either been too much one direction or too much the other direction, and that's why you bring in a guy like Monty Williams is to find that balance, to think through it, you know, and I get that. I just, uh, you know, and and I'm sure deep down he he understands, uh, you know, a lot of what frustrates us as well. Uh, with Ellie and those other things, uh, things too. But there's reasons I'm sure that he's looking at it and going, uh, you know, this guy gives gives us the best chance with this lineup because of X, Y, and Z, and we don't necessarily get uh, aren't are privy to that kind of thing. And and the other thing with, uh, you know, obviously I didn't get a chance to be on on the conference call, and it sounds like there weren't any recordings allowed, so not really hearing uh this and just huh. reading some of the quotes i'm sure some, some people were too.
0: savvy enough to have recorded a phone conference right. i just didn't have it set up gotcha. uh, to do it myself but it was just a conference call and we weren't even allowed to ask our own questions we had to submit submit them ahead of time and then either julie or somebody with the team would ask the questions for us um but they you know Why? james and
2: I don't know. Probably so well, everybody well, didn't uh, speak of over each is, other.
0: Yeah, yeah. Pe- people would speak over each other. Part of it is just controlling the uh, noise levels because it's not like a press conference where you can eyeball somebody and say your turn. It was it was just a phone call. So right. um, and she did ask they did ask all the questions that needed to be asked. Um, the um, anyway, it was it was good. We got about a half hour to to hear what those guys had to say.
1: Well, the big storyline out of this and and the one that has been circling around um, Twitter and Suns Facebook groups is Monty Williams saying that he wants Devin Booker uh, to uh, be the primary point guard more so um, next season. Uh, But I thought it's worth pointing out that he specifically said, um, put the ball in his hands for about 10 to 12 minutes or more a game and see how that impacts our team. and I know your guys' opinions on on Devin Booker at point guard. I'm sure we'll get into it, but it, at least my take on this was, it this didn't sound like he wanted Devin Booker to be the primary Full-time, point guard. Right, right. He wanted Devin Booker to be the primary point guard when Rubio is not on the floor. And then... If that's right. the case, it, it's interesting to see how that might change their offseason and yeah. what type of player they go after. Do they go after a, a um, <clears throat> traditional starting two or, or backup two in that case that can play next to Booker? Or are they going to look for another ball handler, um, you know, a, a more
0: veteran ball handler?
2: Yeah, that's kind of what well, I think, I, Mark. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, no, go ahead Dave.
0: Um, I think what I think Monty is just seeing what we're seeing that in small bursts in, 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 not for 40 minutes a game, but for 10, 12, 15 minutes a game, having Devin Booker as your playmaker does allow you to have a lot of shooting on the floor at once. Um, if Ricky Rubio was a great shooter, like a Steve Nash and had all the current skills he's got, then I doubt Monty would care at all about Devin Booker having the, being the primary point guard for 10, 12 minutes. Um, but then again, you know, you, they also, it's also a function of who your backups are, too. And um, I think ideally, Monty would have Devin Booker be the secondary playmaker he has been this year. He had almost as many assists per game, almost as many, uh, pa, you know, com, uh, um, almost assists, what are those, potential assists, as he did a year ago. And they were a much more effective offense. So, in a perfect world, I think Monty's great with exactly how it's been. But looking back at the tape, looking back at the analytics, you can see that the Suns were very effective with with Booker as the primary ball handler, um, although their defense suffered a lot, I think. I don't, I don't think it was a net positive with Booker as the primary ball handler this year. It just looks like it should be. Um, so coaching to that, I think, is what Monty's going to probably just think about going forward, is coaching to that, how and what kind of lineups can Booker be really effective as the primary point guard in, but not that he would ever go to full-time point book.
2: Yeah, well, and I think I think that's pretty clear with with what Monty said, and it, to Tim's point, I think this speaks more to what their off plan is than necessarily, uh, you know, any any long term. Devin Booker is more of a point guard than a than a two guard kind of thinking. Uh, it it probably means the focus is going to be on power forward, on a uh, backup uh, shooting guard. Uh, obviously, they're going to have to make a decision at backup center uh, with Baines being a free agent. So I, I think it's more of a look into what their thought on the draft process and, and the, and the you know, free agency trade market may be. And also, I think Monty made a good point in that Booker uh, has proven himself to play well within the system and that that's part of why he feels comfortable with uh, with Booker ha- having a primary ball handling duty when uh, when Ricky Rubio is off the court as well, because he's he's proven himself not to be a guy that's just going to go into uh, iso ball mode and and try to do everything himself. He's not going to play hero ball. He's going to come out and he's actually going to distribute and, and try to. Help out his team, so well. Uh, I think so I Booker proved
0: it. this year he's not an ISO or hero ball guy. He yep. proved this year he'll play in he'll play in the system and he'll still make it incredible and, and uh, with his with what he you know what he delivers.
2: And that's why I think Monty's more comfortable with uh, having yeah. now had that experience with him uh, rather than just basing it off of tape and trying to figure out you know with all these other broken systems he played within him and when he was asked to play point guard you know uh, what that was like. Now I think he has full confidence that Devin's going to run uh the, the the system the same way Ricky would uh, when he's out there and just to be able to shoot a little bit better uh, in a lot of cases and, and Booker's proven to be a quality distributor and I would love to see more of the the pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton and, and him. Uh that that has the potential to be uh, really oh, pretty yeah. as that, that continues to develop because, yeah. yeah, because you've got Aiden who, uh, you know, when he's aggressive and he rolls to the hole, nobody really can stop him. And then you've got Booker who can hit that, you know, that 16 foot mid-range jumper, uh, you know, at a clip that's, that's almost with the elite in, in the game. We're talking Man, 45, the 47% that, there.
0: Right. The potential of that Booker Aiden pick and roll is just, it's eye popping uh, because, you um, Aiton is just so smooth. He's not going to be this ferocious dunk on people's heads guy, but he is going to finish on the roll. And if he develops the pop as well, popping out to the three point line, you just don't know what he's going to do.
2: And I think that's why it's got to be, it's got to be intriguing for Monty Williams to, to want to put Booker in that situation more often, because you're going to have more ability to, to work that kind of game. And, and even even say you you bring Baines back even having him run that a little bit with Baines could be intriguing too because there's multiple uh ways Baines can move too uh, and and with that three that he can shoot so I understand it I am uh, still and will always be a hundred percent against Devin Booker being your primary point guard and that for a the full point, game, yeah. For a full game in the point book experiment, yeah. becoming a a long term thing, but in a short burst, when you have no legitimate backup point guard, anyways, uh, and and Devin Booker can come in and, and fill that role enough uh, in in that 10 minutes in a game, I'm fine with that. I just what I want to avoid is the extra miles. On Booker and taking away from him being able to move in space and get get the ball from a point guard and, and score that way as well. As long as there's balance to it, I'm okay with it. I'm not I'm not as against it as I was uh, in the Earl Watson Igor Kokoshkov when they, you know when they were running it at nauseum because they had no other options at point guard.
1: I want to talk a little bit about james jones and his comments for the offseason because i think that this is really interesting uh james jones saying that regarding the offseason that we need more playmaking end quote um clarifying that playmaking could be a guard or a big uh and then he said we love defenders and shooting is a priority we want to be a very good shooting team and then what i thought was really interesting was him following it up with add guys with the level of maturity and grit to be able to perform in this competitive environment um The player that they're targeting has to have an elite NBA skill and has to be able to compete physically. So if you take away from that, what do we get? We get shooting,
0: shooting,
2: elite shooting. Do you mean the Cam Johnson strategy, right?
0: (laughs) Right. He's basically going to do the Mikkel Bridges or the Cam Johnson. He loves those. Those are the kind of guys he's going to want. He's going to go again for an older player. Um, he doesn't need the player to be good at everything. He wants the player yes. to be really good at one thing. Right. He said an and,
1: elite NBA skill. He didn't say a exactly. uh, well-rounded player.
0: Right. So um, I think that's important because that's, that's exactly he's describing himself. Exactly. This, is, this is James Jones describing himself. He had the maturity and grit to be able to perform in the competitive environment. He can hold up. He knows his role. He played his role to perfection had an elite NBA skill and lasted, what, 17 years in the league and was in the finals the last seven of those years.
2: Thank you, LeBron James. Um, Along to
0: the right guys. But you know what? There's 450 players in the league. LeBron could have had any of the other 400 Mm -hmm. guys on his team, and he wanted James Jones. That's the kind of guy James Jones is looking for. He's looking for James Jones. And he got that in Cam Johnson. Um, And he's going to be looking for guys like that. So when you're looking at the draft, especially because that's what he was talking about is the draft, um, is projecting guys in the draft. He wants, just like a Cam Johnson, he wants the maturity and grit to be able to perform in this competitive environment right away. And he wants one really great NBA skill. And uh, so but that skill could be. Defense that skill could be playmaking, uh, and it could and skill is definitely going to be involving some shooting that he's looking for. So they want to be a really good shooting. We want to watch a really good shooting team. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I feel like um, the, I feel like the yeah. Suns draft board is just that Spider Man meme, but it's James Jones's head on it, and it's just pointing. Yes. Hey, that's me. That's and
0: you know well, and somebody I, needs to do the Spider Man meme with Jones and Cam Johnson staring at each other.
2: <laughs> yes, and, and look, I, I I get it because. When uh, the default for everybody is they're looking uh, when when you're a manager or somebody like that, a lot of times your default is you look for people that have characteristics that you understand, that you go, okay, I know that this person's yeah. going to come in and do X, Y, and Z because they're like they they're very much like me. But it it also is concerning a little bit because I think as and uh, you know I've managed for for almost a decade now, people. I know Dave's done it for like 65 years uh, yeah. in managing yeah. people. But it, one of the things is you have to get past that eventually and go, okay, yes, I know what I would do and I know how it served me well. But in order to fill every role I need and every need I I I, I need, I have to go beyond that. And I know that what James well, Jones is trying to do right now is he looks at Booker and Aiton as that core, as those... Yes. As those stars. And he understands. Those are not anything like James Jones. No. And, look, and, now, he, and now, and now, looking... I mean, look, yeah,
0: yeah no, he, uh, he just didn't see any of himself this no. past year. So I'm not saying he's going to draft like the next five drafts will be all Cam Johnson's. I'm not saying that. But it might be. But they're it all going to be... be mature players with an elite NBA skill. And that makes sense as opposed to looking for the most well rounded. Jack of all trades.
2: Agreed. and I, and I think I think it's actually what he's doing makes sense when you look at the stage that they're in, right? You've gotten you've got the guys that you think can blossom into superstars, right? So now James Jones is looking at it and going, now I need to fill that roster to complement yeah. it because part of the problem Devin Booker's had over the over the last five years is the people around him haven't been at a caliber to help. It's not just—we're not just talking he didn't yeah. have a, a number two guy to to carry the load. He didn't have those systematic guys that could come in and could hit a three when needed or get a big rebound. And I think that's what James Jones is trying to do now And looking at, at, at this draft and probably free agency as well is— how do we address those small things? Because well, you don't need the guy that can do everything. You need the guy, like you guys are talking about, that does one specific thing well that can fill in the puzzle pieces. Like well, you're Look like, at yeah. what
1: J.J. Redick did for the Sixers. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Right. And, right, exactly. and
2: James that Jones was that player. type of guy. He was the 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 last few puzzle pieces that you put around uh, the rest of a roster. So so I think in that mindset, it's the right mindset to have in trying to fill out this roster. And and Cam Johnson was a perfect example of that. We knew Cam Johnson wasn't going to come in and dunk on guys or do you know do certain things defensively, but. He came in, and he was advertised as a he shooter. Did dunk on... <laughs> who was he dunked all over? Dang.
0: Was it Har- Harold? Montrezl Harold? I, I, who did, did he dunk about all about over?
2: It. Uh, but, like... It, the, the point being... We don't expect to see that every night, but we do expect no. Cam Johnson to come out and shoot the lights out. And he did that, you know, and, and he did that well. And the Suns need more guys that you can pencil in night after night knowing what you're going to get from them. Because in the past, they've had too many question marks where it was all or nothing with a lot of guys uh, when they came in. And, and you let just me tell didn't you, know what to expect.
0: Let me tell you a guy who doesn't really fit that mold. Well, two guys. Um, one, Darius Arch. So Dario does a little bit of everything, but he doesn't do anything on an elite level that fits with this team. And that's one of the reasons I think we're not going to see Dario anymore. Um, Even Frank Kaminsky has, I mean, he can make he can make threes better. And he's more a lot more uh, on. On has no conscience on taking threes. So I think I think actually Frank fits that mold better than Dario does as far as that description of a player with an elite skill. You know I know you're not going to say a 36% three-point shooter is is an elite skill, but that's not the point. The point is that he's willing to take it from 3 feet beyond the 3-foot three three-point line anytime and so players have to watch for him. And the Suns really did lose out when Frank went down with that uh, knee injury this year. He was just played out of position for a lot of the year and didn't look quite right because of that. Plus, he was injured a lot. He talked about that on his podcast as well. He, he wasn't really healthy until the ex- after those first few weeks of the season. Um, but so, in that description, a guy like Dario doesn't actually fit uh, that mold. And, you know, a second guy who doesn't quite fit the mold yet um, is um, Ty Jerome. I mean, Ty Jerome doesn't do anything on an elite level right now. Well, in, he comes in theory, he's an,
1: he's an elite passer, you know. Um, yeah, whole, I mean, that's in, it. In theory. So he's
0: got to develop that. He's got to develop something he's killer at that nobody can stop him from doing. Being an oh. elite passer or being a catch-and-shoot 40-plus 40, 40 percent three-point shooter, then all of a sudden he becomes indispensable. But this year, obviously, he did none of those things well.
1: I, I think we all agree that, that Ty Jerome needs to uh, improve. This was not his... Sure. This was not the year for yeah.
2: him. Even wow. Ty would say Ty year. What, what a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of analysis you demise, get here. That
0: also spelled the demise of Tyler Johnson. Um, even when he was healthy, he was kind of out of the room. No, that yeah. was about Monty more than uh, James. Um, but really, like a guy like Tyler Johnson doesn't sound like somebody that James would target anymore. He's not looking for a dude who can fill up the, the bottom end you know, uh, of, of the bucket on every skill. If you're looking for elite skill and competing physically, um, Tyler Johnson didn't have an elite skill either. So um, that'll be interesting to watch how they do this off season.
2: Well, and it'll be interesting to find out when the heck the NBA draft is going to be. The draft, man. And, yeah, like, so they like, can nope, at least nope, do the. Nope, well, they, well, they can't
0: the, do they can't do a lottery. Uh, they can't even do the lottery until they they've decided what to do with the rest of the season because the you know the ping pong balls are based on that uh, because I was thinking, God, it'd be so easy to do a virtual lottery just for fun. Like the NFL is doing the virtual draft. Oh yeah. Me and some buddies are going to do some social distancing in a friend of mine's backyard, but he's going to put, bring his 65 inch TV outside or maybe it's 80 inch. I don't know. And then we're going to watch the draft spaced out. But so the NBA could do that, but we don't
2: have a final order for the ping pong balls.
0: Uh, yeah. So, and we won't and for, in for a while, we won't know what's going on there.
2: Yeah, so it's, it's just, it's weird, everything in flux, so we don't even know uh, when, you know, yeah, it's it's, it's all in flux, and it, but it'll be interesting to see, I still don't think they keep the pick. I still think they use, unless it, unless it lands in, like, the top two, they hit lottery gold whenever the lottery <sighs> is. I think that, I just, I still think they're going to move it.
0: There's just, nothing in the top two you can't live without.
2: Yeah, I would trade I mean, it
0: if it makes, if they get a top four pick, I would trade that one for someone who's really going to be helpful next year. Cause I think they're done with the projecting a few years down the road kind of guys. And you're not going to take like an, I don't know. I got I hope. I don't know. I don't think they're going to take an Obi Toppin, but it's possible because his elite skill is offense. Um, I like how, uh, Kevin Hunter and the ringer said this, this week, an Obi Toppin guy who, um, has you know has great offense, but he, he plays defense like uh, Jalil Okafor, and it's like ooh. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, that's what you, you want. Know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And that's a that's a guy who can go anywhere from from three to ten in the draft. And there's a lot of guys just like that. So if the Suns get a top four pick, I would see if somebody would trade it for something valuable, um, trade something valuable to the Suns for it. But if the Suns stay at ten, uh, they may actually end up keeping the pick and take. There's a lot of guys with that profile of a Cam Johnson that are available around there.
2: Yeah, I just I, I think that's going to be part of the bait that they use to try to find a a power forward. Yeah. It's just, it just it,
0: what the bait won't taste as good though if it's ten.
2: Yeah, well that's, that's true. Yeah, you're 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 fishing in a different uh, in a different watering hole at that point unless you're willing to. Uh, to throw even more uh, f- from a player perspective or future. I do think the Suns
0: will take but... on their salary, their cap space they have. They'll take on salary to get a player who can make, who can be a top three or four player on the on the team next year.
2: That's the other and question. that'll be.
0: will come through draft rather than um, a free agent just signing up. That that's not the draft. Other question. I'm sorry, that'll come through trade. That's what I meant. Right? It'll yeah. No. No. Trade. Well,
1: you guys yeah. saw the 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 rumors of uh, Dwight Howard, right? Here? No. I'm I didn't sorry. Know. What? Was, yeah, a, yeah, a, was, was Dwight, Dwight at... Howard? Yeah, it was on Reddit, so yeah, it, it I believe it. Definitely...
0: Oh, it was on Reddit, so it's gonna <laughs> happen. You know what? You know what's weird. To <sighs> I me wouldn't though? actually be surprised to see a Dwight Howard come in and play the Aaron Baines role next year. He actually Dude, was back... super effective for the Lakers. He lives this year. in. He lives in Phoenix. Dwight? Yeah, never heard that. Uh, maybe... You know yeah, what? He and I don't frequent the same circles, so yet. I can imagine I haven't seen
1: him. Right. No, he um, he who's he's dating? Somebody from the Mercury. Who is
2: it? What? Dwight Howard's dating. Oh, is he dating? Is he now dating? Is no. Who is he? Who would he be dating on a mer- This all sounds like somebody on Reddit. Dude, just I read, really, it, I read it on Reddit, quarantine. and I took it. Wow. Somebody on Reddit. Somebody on Reddit has way too much time in quarantine and may be delirious at this. We point, We all Please have way too much help. time in quarantine. Please send with help. The...
0: I was I was I did guest um, on on fanning the flames. We did a uh, it'll probably get published sometime in the next three months uh, by Justin, <laughs> but I did guest on fanning the flames last night, um, and we spent like an hour and a half just catching up uh, before we actually recorded the podcast. Um, and we had John Boyd on there as well, who's on the other Brightside podcast too, and it was a fun time. And um, we were talking about how how desperate, how deranged we are as Suns fans, including you two. Um, how deranged we are as Suns fans that not only are we podca- three, we're representing three different podcasts of a Suns team that hasn't been in the playoffs for 10 years, hasn't won more than 26 games in a year for five years, and they canceled the whole freaking league a month ago, <laughs> and we're still podcasting about it
2: Help running us. out of content
1: too. That's uh, <laughs> no no joke. We kind of fell onto some content. Speaking of, have you guys seen the the tweet going around? Uh, this Kelly Oubre dunk from from this season where he was standing in the corner. Uh, yes. I don't remember who passed Simon. him the ball. He pump faked on nobody and then it ran was up. Only and, in
0: Twenty feet. Yeah. Right, and then <laughs> dunked on Paul Millsap. It was like. <laughs> and then Paul Millsap, I think, like, and then he, he got the foul call on Millsap, too, because Millsap at the last second decided to contest it. And then Millsap was like, what? And, you know, you thought in the moment that he was protesting that a foul was called, which is pretty yeah. obvious that he yeah. fouled him. But I think in retrospect, he was going what is Ubre thinking? <laughs> right. He, he bumped,
1: faked a wide open three and then just dunked on Paul Millsap. It is, hey, dude, I, I gotta say that I, I miss Kelly.
0: Kelly I miss Kelly um, because that kind of shit, that was what got the fans. That, you know, that was provocative. That's what gets the people going Look, right that, there. Like I mentioned it
1: on the show. Kelly Oubre is my favorite rebounder in the NBA period. Like, he yeah. is a really, really Fearless. good rebounder uh, for his team. I know pickup ball is not the same, but I have a hundred percent tried to rebound the way that Kelly Oubre does because that dude is an inspiration.
0: Yeah. Look, Kelly- what's interesting. The reason Kelly, sorry, Greg, hold on one sec. Uh, the reason Kelly and Mikel worked as a front line around Deandre Ayton and even Aaron Baines uh, was because Mikel could hold up defensively against a bigger dude better But Kelly would get in there and get the rebounds because Mikel is not a good rebounder. Um, But Kelly would get in there and get the rebounds that the team needed to make that front line work. And so, yes, that is a really nice little combination for the Suns.
2: The the way Kelly Oubre plays is the way I feel in self-isolation right now. Right? like I just—I'll <laughs> I'll hit the floor. I'll do some push-ups. I'm screaming. I'm like, you know, I'm yelling at the at the wall. Like it, it's it just you know, it—that's it, where I'm at. You know, that's a, and and it's fine. It works on a basketball court, but when when you're in a home office and you work in marketing, it looks a little crazy. I'm just going to be honest. Plus, yeah. as I showed earlier in the show, my hair very much looks like Kelly Oubre's right now as well. It's very tall, so.
1: <laughs> all right. So let's uh I do want to take a minute to uh thank a supporter, a listener of the show, byrom Hess. So byrom thank hey, you so hey. much. We all thank greatly you, sir.
2: appreciate you. Thank you,
1: sir. Uh Zach Lowe released an article I thought was pretty interesting. Hoping you guys had a moment to check it out. Uh, Likes and dislikes, five things, um, including Devin Booker as Chris Paul. Some takeaways from it, from uh, Zach Lowe's perspective, of course, is that Devin Booker takes as many pull-up threes as Giannis. He doesn't think that's enough. That being said, Zach Lowe likely hasn't seen Devin Booker in enough NBA games to think that he should be taking more, because as we all know, for some reason, Devin Booker can't hit a pull-up three in an NBA game. Uh, Chris Paul, West Brook and Kawhi Leonard are the only players that shoot more elbow jumpers than uh, Devin Booker. Uh, Devin Booker shot 47 percent from mid range. Um, His ability to snake traffic to get over to that elbow jumper. Um, Devin Booker should pass on the pick and roll a bit more than he does. He should shoot more pull up threes. And he ended it by saying that Devin Booker is going to be a big part of a winning team and that Phoenix still needs to sort out its defense. Thoughts on
2: the piece? Well, I think it's, I I mean, I don't think it's, again, anything earth-shattering. I think it's very, very true. We all know that Devin Booker uh, is elite from that mid-range uh, it, you know he also talks about sometimes devin booker takes uh, those extremely long twos that, that that's something that either needs to step back to a three-point uh, air, range or it needs to you know become less of, of what he's doing it needs to move in closer but it, like you look at it and yeah, Devin Booker very much does have that kind of feel uh, of what Chris Paul does out there. Now, he wasn't talking in terms of of point guard skills necessarily. He was talking about uh, in that killer kind of, you know, free throw extended jumper that he can get and that he can get that at will and that that's going to be uh, clutch at many times, so I, I I don't. There was nothing in that 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 was you know eye opening, but I nodded my head at everything he was saying, uh, in terms of Devin Booker, with the exception of uh, of the three point thing. But if you got the the elite three point shooter we've seen uh, at at times uh, on a consistent basis, then I'd agree on the, on three point as well. But the sky's the limit. I get it. We're fanboys, but the sky's the limit for Devin Booker uh, with this. Every year he's improving and, and he's learning uh, these these things that are just basically unstoppable, and that was one of, uh, I believe, Lowe's points uh, is that mid-range is, is yeah. almost unstoppable.
0: Yeah, and he was using the eight-and-pick to uh, navigate that as well in that clip that Zach Lowe did, and so that just goes back to our earlier conversation that once Aiden figures out his pick and pop versus pick and roll and then how to do uh, those guys can just be deadly. that just be great. DeAndre Aiden
1: playing 2K saying, I don't take that shot. And Patrick, <laughs> Oh, Daly my saying, God.
0: Yes, that was That's so hilarious. fun. So, yeah, we haven't potted since then. <laughs> that was the most fun I've had in a month was watching DeAndre Aiden and Pat Bev Play NBA 2K. Not even the finals, because that was just a bro fest, but the the semifinals with Aiden playing Pat Bev was just so fun because Beverly was laughing at Aiden using the Suns, choosing the Suns, and and Bev was laughing at him, and Aiden's like, yeah, hey, you know, just Aiden's just taking it and rolling and, and and then just saying, no, that's on you, bro. If you don't know what I'm, you know, how I play and blah blah blah. And then yes, and then Aiden going, what? Why did I take that mid range? And, and <laughs> yeah you do
2: <laughs> and then he didn't really say it he just was kind of like uh yeah basically okay yeah. <laughs> and, then still, so and then he still and then he still beat pat beverly with the sun so
0: take it bev He did he kick pat bev's ass and pat bev even just got up and left the room at the end of it he didn't even do the post you know the little chitter chatter with the uh with the Ronnie 2K, by the way, is creepy and should not be on TV ever.
1: Dude, it was so hard to watch him. So well, hard. He was, I'm sorry, like, Ronnie
0: 2K. You're good at other stuff but that doesn't make you good at TV. He was oh. doing
2: it from a shoe closet. So, I mean, yeah, granted, I'm sitting in a closet. And I think, right? We, Espo, we it should it have little been little you, better. honestly. Oh, God. Getting the, uh... Because you know me, Mister Culture, Espo. I get, I Mr. totally Culture. understand what hey, I understand it, what the cool cats and kittens are doing out there every. At uh, least
1: I'm just saying when when it got to the finals and it was DeAndre Ayton and it was Devin Booker. I really do think that they should have reached out to, and and not necessarily one of us, but like a member of the Suns community somewhere. John Bloom would have been a great guest. There could have been somebody that they could probably could have brought
2: on for that. Yeah. Hey, Ronnie, we're pulling the plug on you for the finals. We're going to bring in somebody from Phoenix. Well, no, they had another kid that was
1: <laughs> on with him as well. You know, like yeah. they could have had a person in addition to him. Plus, after watching the performance of Ronnie throughout, you know, sometimes you have to make adjustments. Uh, That's what, what you do. Um, I, so, love, Dave, you I love Dave,
2: you were crapping on a guy that got his ESPN opportunity. They we're like, you suck, dude. <laughs> I'm like, you're in the middle of quarantine just like the rest of us, but you sucked, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, it should have
2: been me damn it it, 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 it really is I could have done a better
0: job place. I I swear to god
2: <laughs> I, I you could have been in my eyeglass closet it could have been just Even eyeglasses Justin all behind me. me or you know uh or Kellen from uh no, hey, let's no, done a let's, done. Done. let's done. not we let's done. not get too crazy here just <laughs> Justin they would have had would have had to have like a 30 second delay on that just to make sure nothing awful was said imagine that (laughs) and it would have taken uh, them four hours before they could start the broadcast so listen rounding
1: rounding off the show here dave wrote an article about cam johnson being a uh, top 10 rookie this season which i don't disagree on i think you know his, his points per game was a, a little bit lower but yeah. for what i think he provided uh, from three point range that he was uh, amazing dave listed off some of these stats over at right side of the sun in the article uh third in three point percentage of those that played 100 plus minutes fifth in three pointers made um, seventh in attempts sixth in vorp seventh in win shares ninth in total win shares for the season ninth in box plus minus and 16th in total minutes played which is actually pretty impressive that all those other ones are
0: um, We're top 10. Yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he's uh, look, he's not going to make an all rookie team because of the raw stats. Like guys, guys like uh, uh, Cam Reddish who had terrible stats, but actually played enough to, right. to play
1: 30 minutes a game.
0: Right. Got more counting They're going to make the all rookie teams because of their total stats. Um, but uh, Cam Johnson is effectively a top 10 Rookie from this draft, which is, you know, says a lot. And I thought it was really interesting that uh, when when uh, those two guys, I think it was Pelton and uh, shoot, I forget who the other guy was. Uh, were doing a redraft of 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 last year. They actually switched out five of the top 10 players with players who were drafted later. And then around at eleven, um, they, that's when they started saying, "And Cam maybe was was a pretty good pick at 11. <laughs> so, uh, but there were guys who were better than Cam that were taken later, absolutely. And there were guys who were worse than Cam taken ahead of him. So overall, Cam was a pretty good player. So um, I think I think we got a good, um, I think we got a good rookie there. He's never going to be a star, but I do think he's going to be a seventeen-year sniper um, off the bench for a winning team. And let's hope that winning team is in Phoenix, which what's interesting is that there's a lot of players all of a sudden now that we hope they're still on a winning team in Phoenix. Well, the more players you get who deserve to be on a winning team, the more likely you're going to have a winning team. So I'm, I'm excited about the future for the Suns for that reason. Cause he's just another guy who looks like, uh, he needs to, um, uh, be playing for a winning team and, and would be even more effective.
2: Look, I, I, Liked what we got out of out of Cam all season. My the only the only knock on him was the injury uh, a bug and and the mono. But I don't I don't hold that against a uh, yeah. You can't early, hold
0: mono against.
2: I, I don't hold I don't <laughs> hold mono against an, a guy in his early twenties who just became a millionaire that has Scottsdale in his background. I'm glad it was just mono. Is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so I'm fine with oh, that. Yeah. Uh, well, but that's the only one we have to find out about. But, but the injuries. That's. Uh, I, you know th- that was the one concerning thing because that was the question mark coming in. Uh, there were there were concerns about would he be able to stay healthy for an 82 game season. He obviously didn't in his rookie year. I think if he had, there probably would be even more buzz about a potential, uh, you know, uh, all-rookie team for Cam, but it, the the problem was it just wasn't it, it wasn't sustainable spurts that he that he played. So, uh I I'm hoping next year he comes back a little bit healthier and we get to see that uh, a you know uh, an extension in, of what he was doing uh, in the sophomore season. So,
0: Yeah, I think he's just going to look. He's not going to be a star. We've all agreed to that. Um, Mikel Bridges has a better chance of being a star than than Cam. But Cam is going to be a dude no one's going to want to get rid of uh, for a long time. And that's that's good. They weren't looking for a star at that moment. They still need another star. The Suns still need another star. But in the drafting of Cam at 11 in that draft, there wasn't going to be a star that they saw. So I thought that was a good pick overall. There could be better picks for sure. Um, You might like Brandon Clark better. A lot of us did. Um, And he he played great as a but he was also injury prone, by the way. Uh, But he played great as a rookie and will continue to be good um in his career there's a lot of good players out of that draft cam is just included as one of them that's the only point i was trying to make he
2: he doesn't look like he's a reach anymore i mean everybody thought it was a reach where where they took him but it certainly does not appear that way after year one Uh, you know again if injuries continue to be a problem that may be something you debate in the long run but in year one what you saw there was nothing uh, that that made it unjustifiable of, of taking him at 11 you know so I I have no problem yeah with the way with the way he played okay so can I kind of talk about something that we didn't have on the schedule that I didn't really bring up uh, with you guys uh, slightly personal but not weird personal if, uh, if you don't mind did anybody of did anybody else see the Lindsey Smith video on the uh, the The work that they're doing at the arena—I think it was something. Uh It was basically they were showing video of the the demolition, and it hit me in an odd way. And I don't know if there's any other fans that are uh, that feel this way, and it may just because you know having worked there and stuff. But I felt a sense of sadness because there wasn't a chance to say goodbye to that building in the way it was right. It's a building we experienced. Uh, Barkley. and need the, to say goodbye. And the no. 92 93 teams, uh, team, Shh. and all that Barkley era. Seven seconds or less. you know. It, it, it. Dude, we said goodbye to Good Sons basketball in the last no, half but decade. I'm st- to me, the venue is just as important as anything else because that, that was a building that nine year old me walked into. Uh, and, and it had the same feeling as a 29-year-old me as an employee that walked in there uh, felt. And it was very weird, unsettling to me to watch it uh, being torn down. And I didn't expect that reaction. It was almost visceral with inside myself because I'm like such a big part of my life in many stages of my life. The places I had been are no longer there. They showed the practice court that was destroyed. The locker room is teared up. The uh, part of the bowl and, and and the entrance where where a lot of us uh, would go in for games is gone. And, and it was weird because I just assumed I'd go in there one more time before... Uh, before they uh, the the demolition, because I was planning on yeah. going uh, to a game uh, in in early April with the guys from Fanning the Flames before all this happened. So that's I was what like, you, oh, you get for putting things off, man. Well, that's you true. Enjoy
0: every moment of life at the moment you that, want to enjoy that it, that instead is, of putting it off.
2: That is very true. So, uh, but like uh, it just it, no. I hear. Me. I totally hear you, Greg.
0: You're absolutely right, and I feel for you that you're gonna you didn't get a chance to say goodbye and do the last game kind of thing. Absolutely. You're right. Um, but, but having said that, that place needed needs an upgrade. Oh. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing the upgrade. That's like, that's like wishing you could say goodbye to somebody, you know, who's about to get an extreme makeover, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> like, you know, remember that old extreme makeover, edition where they had people disappear for three months and they got all this plastic (laughs) surgery lost weight (laughs) did all this stuff and then suddenly came out like a superstar at the end and and then the husband's like, oh, I wish I could have said goodbye to my life, my wife before that. No, the husband's like,
2: cool, you're looking good, let's go. Oh. So well, that's, that's because that I'm husband is a jackass. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we un- now we understand Dave's personal life a little bit better. But uh, you know, look, I I just I, it to me it struck me as your childhood home getting sold, right? Uh, you know uh, that that it's just that that moment that you go, oh. Well, that's just that's just weird. I, you know, I'll never I'll never experience that again in, in in the same way. And maybe I am just sappy, and it's just bizarre. It just and maybe it's because I've done everything yourself. in my life within the same hundred feet for the last six weeks so I'm just awkwardly sentimental but that just hit me uh, when I saw that video and didn't know if it was a shared experience or just something that I'm having a minor uh, mental breakdown right now so I thought I'd I like share it with I'm the watching,
0: group. I'm watching Greg on the, on the YouTube here and He's got the uh, his lighting such that it looks like his right eye is missing. So he's like a one-eyed dude sitting I, at home in his I, closet.
2: I cannot. I have to get new glasses because there's no anti glare on this, it and the like damn light better. just reflects off of it, and then. Yeah, it's driving. It's been driving me Greg nuts the whole time. In
0: his closet.
2: <laughs> yeah, and 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 sad that he'll never see, America West Arena slash uh, U.S. Airways Center <laughs> slash the Groot, ever in the same way again. Help me! I'm I'm trapped in my home. <laughs> Help me. Uh, in
0: the cupboard under the stairs. That's where you are right now. Man. Yeah, I'm
2: I'm in a walk-in closet in my home. Help me. I, oh, are you wiping your eyes because? No, you're, oh. I'm wiping my eyes because you made me think I, I <laughs> have to make my eyes look like they're here. Look, both eyes. I do have still two. Still there.
1: And on that note, gentlemen, it has been fun. I uh, didn't see a Wednesday episode uh, this last week. And Any now... plans on doing another uh, Wednesday episode?
0: I would love to. We need to get people back. Um, I'd love to bring Rhett back as well, and Tim, if you can stay up late one night, we'd love to have you on too.
1: I uh, know, buddy. I'm just like I'm not going to record it. Eleven o'clock at night on a on a work night, I can't do it.
0: Sure, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, oh God! One of the YouTube watchers just said, if the Suns make the playoffs, he'd show up. In body paint.
2: Mm. We're good. We, we lived makes through me that. Want for a long the playoffs time.
0: less, MT. <laughs> hey, Depends. They, Actually, what do you look like, MT? May, that's nice. Hey,
1: hey, thanks so much to uh, Morton for donating in the YouTube chat. We appreciate you, Morton. Very nice, nice man. Thank
2: you. And Mr. Orange, thanks for being in the chat. You can paint your body whenever you'd like. Uh, that's your own personal kind of thing. So you don't have to wait <laughs> for the playoffs. As long as you have clothes on with it, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> your choice we're not we're not going to be in attendance even if there is the playoffs so you'll be painting your body at home so what are you talking about Enjoy. they're not going to have fans in a building uh, oh not yeah, this year no, they, but yeah next they year, gonna... by next year they. yeah well next right. year next year paint paint your body because we'll still be six feet apart from everybody at that point so we won't have to be too close even if you're scantily clad with a painted body so that's fine <laughs>
1: And on that note, thank you everybody so much for waking up super early Arizona time and everybody that uh, joined from all across the world right now in the YouTube chat. We appreciate you if you're listening in on the podcast. Uh, Whenever that is, we also appreciate you there as well. And we will be back uh, this coming Saturday for another episode. Feel free to join us live every Saturday, 7 o'clock in the morning, Arizona time.
2: MT, if you really look like a bald Leonardo DiCaprio, the ladies will love the body paint. Good night, everybody. That's right. We'll go with that. Hey, guys, it's Espo back to remind you that there are many ways that you can support this show. Uh, you can start by following us on Twitter, you know, following us at SunSolarPanel. Leave a five-star review. That's right, five-star review. You probably remember when I used to do that. We might even read it on the show. You can click the link in the bio and leave us a voicemail and, and support the show that way. Or you can go to SunShirts.com, buy a shirt. Or you know what? There is another way. There's I told you there's so many ways to support this show and keep Dave uh, uh, with getting his Geritol, get Tim to get his glasses, keep me feeding my daughter, however you want to look at it, you can help uh, help the show out. You can donate uh, as well. If you click the link in the show notes, you can donate one, five, ten dollars. Uh, to the show, and it is greatly appreciated as it helps us keep doing this. This is a passion project for Dave, Tim, and I. We all... uh do other things, but we love connecting with you, the Suns fans, twice a week. So support us. Sunshirts.com You can donate, follow us, leave a five-star review, however you want to do it. We appreciate you. And you know what? If you donate 10 bucks, Tim's going to send you some sun sh- uh, solar panel swag. I don't know where he's getting it. It's probably some shady place that, that he knows about out there in Florida, but it's cool stuff, so uh, donate. Thanks again. Uh, Greg uh, here, and Tim and Dave also appreciate you. It's Suns solar panel. You can support us sunshirts.com or leave a donation.